0: Welcome to the CC Broadcast, a part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. This week we'll be hearing from our radio preacher, Rev. Steve Kramer, as he continues his series, Seeing Jesus Through the Eyes of John, with this week's message, Our Stain Remover.
1: Today I'm going to be talking with you about stain removal as we continue with our Christmas sermon series entitled, Seeing Jesus Through the Eyes of John the Baptist. We begin our worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we praise you for your mercy and grace. While we were lost in the predicament of our sin, you entered our world through your Son to rescue us. Even though we did not deserve this, still you provided the solution that saves us. So to you be the glory. Great things you have done. Amen.
2: and sins release us. Let us find our Good man.
1: Today's reading is from John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness Have you ever noticed how many things in this world get so easily stained? For instance, a dental hygienist said to me a while back, you drink a lot of coffee, don't you? Your teeth shows it. They're stained. Or our clothing gets stained quite easily. Many a time I've glanced down at my shirt during or after a meal and been horrified to see a bunch of little chocolate or grease stains from the hamburger and the ice cream cone I've just eaten. In my office there are stains on my carpet because i've spilled a number of cups of coffee over the last months and neglected to get it all wiped up and there's a big water stain on the top of our piano from a potted plant that was placed there and watered not realizing there was a hole in the bottom of the pot stains stains everywhere oil stains grease stains blood stains leaf stains all needing to be removed thank goodness we have so many stain removers available to us that we can use. Now perhaps you are aware that deep within each one of us there is a stain that we cannot get out. No amount of therapy or personal rehabilitation or self-help books can remove this stain from us. Like other stains that we sometimes can't fix, we may try to hide the stain, cover it up with something. No one else can see it, we think, but we still know it's there, and more importantly, so does God. We may even try to dress it up or try to make up for it, but nothing helps, the stain remains. Now the stain I'm talking about is sin, with a capital S. I was actually born with this stain. So were you. It's a state of being which leads to doing. This sinful nature shows itself in a variety of outward sins against God and others, selfish, unloving thoughts and words and actions. My parents didn't have to sit me down when I was a little boy and say, now, Steve, we're going to teach you how to be a selfish, self-centered person. No, no, no. I, I came by this quite naturally. And I've always excelled at it, I'm sorry to say. And the same probably goes for you. The bad thing about this stain in you and me is that it prevents us from having a relationship with God who is holy and just, and righteous. Our stain separates us from him, creating a gigantic gap between him and us that is impossible for us to bridge. Yes, God loves us, and we're created in his image, that's very true. But that image is severely tarnished by our sin. And our holy, perfect God cannot tolerate sin or have people with sin stain in his perfect heaven. So we see that the stain has deadly, eternal consequences, or as the Apostle Paul has put it, the wages of sin is death. So it's quite a predicament for humanity, isn't it? In today's passage, John the Baptist tells us the good news that God has provided the solution for this predicament. As John saw Jesus coming toward him, he said these words, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What an unusual way to describe Jesus. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If you're wondering, how did John come up with that title? and job description you just need to take a look at John's background for the answer to that question for instance the angel of the lord told John's father Zechariah that John himself would be filled with the holy spirit even in his mother's womb so the holy spirit of god is behind this revelation informing John he he's like the prophets of the old testament through whom god spoke John also testifies that at The baptism of Jesus, he saw the Spirit descend upon Jesus and remain on him, and that Jesus is God's Son, his anointed, the Messiah sent to save. We must also remember that John was raised in a priestly family. His father Zechariah was a priest in the Jerusalem temple. John knew that in that temple, unblemished lambs were often sacrificed as an atonement for sin, to make things right between God and his people. So John, filled with the Holy Spirit, was able to see what Jesus had come into this world to do, to take away the sin of the world that was standing between God and humanity. Like the unblemished lambs which were used as atoning sacrifices for sin in Israel, Jesus, the Son of God, the spotless Lamb of God, was given by God to lay down his life once and for all as the perfect sacrifice for humanity's sin. He's the bridge we need. That phrase takes away that John used here also means removes. So Jesus is God's stain remover for our sin, our stain. That's what John saw when he looked at Jesus, the sacrificial lamb who removes sin. And it's quite possible that John had the Exodus story in mind, when God, when God re- rescued his people from slavery in Egypt. After all, John grew up hearing that story about God's showdown with Pharaoh and the ten plagues and the unblemished lambs whose blood was painted upon the doors of each Israelite home and protected God's people from the act of judgment against all the firstborn of the land. The blood of the lambs protected and saved those Israelite households from death. And it was after this deadly plague occurred, Pharaoh let God's people go to return to the land God had promised to give the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So this story was remembered every Passover when John was growing up as the people of Israel celebrated God's gracious saving actions. And that lamb played an important role in the whole story of God's rescue of his people. So John is in essence announcing some very, very good news here for helpless, sin-stained human beings. The rescue party has arrived. The stain remover is here. God, in his love and mercy, John saw, seeing our stain of sin and our helpless estate, has graciously acted to remove it and its consequences by providing his only begotten son to serve as the perfect sinless sacrifice that saves us from our sin. That's why Jesus entered our world that first Christmas. Though we were lost, deserving judgment and punishment for our sin, God, out of justice and love for us, gave his Son to be the substitute who would stand in our place and suffer the punishment we deserved so that we might have forgiveness and a restored relationship with him. And as you probably know, Jesus did just what John announced he would do. Three years later, on a cruel cross, outside of Jerusalem, Jesus took our place as the atoning sacrifice for humanity's sin. In some marvelous and mysterious way, Jesus soaked up all our sinfulness like a sponge, taking it upon himself And he took the punishment we deserved. Paid the penalty we couldn't pay as he suffered and died on that cross. He did this so that we might be cleansed of our sinful stain and have God's forgiveness and be restored back into a right relationship with him that lasts forever. And then God affirmed that sacrifice when he raised Jesus from the dead. You know, long before Jesus ever came into this world, Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet, actually foretold of the atoning sacrifice of Jesus at the cross. We find it in Isaiah 53. He told of a suffering servant who would be led like a lamb to the slaughter. Upon him God would lay the sins of us all. This lamb would be pierced for our transgression, crushed for our iniquities. His wounds would bring healing for our sin. Upon him would be the chastisement that would bring peace with God. The suffering, sorrow, and death of this righteous one would make many to be accounted righteous before God as he bore their iniquities. So Mary's little lamb, born that first Christmas, came to be the perfect, atoning sacrifice, the Lamb of God, provided by God himself to cleanse us and restore sinners like us into a relationship with himself. He's the Lamb of God, who saves us from sin and its consequences. God's provided stain remover that every person needs. And through him, God's forgiveness is being offered to everyone. So the question is, have you received Jesus and his forgiveness in your life? The first part of that question, have you received him into your life? You know, if you were the only person on this planet that ever existed, Jesus Christ came for you. He entered the world to save you from sin and death. And to you, he says today, behold, I stand at the door, knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens a door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. I think it's interesting to note that in the verses following our text for today, John made this grand announcement once again uh, in front of two of his disciples. There goes the Lamb of God. And they left John to follow Jesus. And John was more than okay with that, for he knew that was the purpose of his ministry. That's why he gave this announcement, to move others to take a step of faith towards Jesus for salvation. And so I plead with you, if, if you're not following him or you've run away from him, turn to him now. Ask him to be your Savior and Lord, the remover of your sin, to forgive it, your sin, and give you the promise of everlasting life. Because no matter what your past or what you've done or haven't done, God is offering his forgiveness and eternal life to those who will turn to him and trust his son and receive him by faith. The second part of that question is for the follower of Jesus Christ. You've received Jesus' forgiveness into your life, you trust him, and you've received his, the question is, are you trusting in that forgiveness? Peacefully resting in it, finding peace. Because I know so many Christians are uncertain about his forgiveness and their hearts get so troubled and fearful about their standing with God. They're troubled by the sins they continue to commit and think God, Pablo has written them off, that he's angry with them, and so it makes them fearful. I hope I'm not describing you uh, with those words. I hope that's not you. But but if I am describing you, let me share these words from Pastor Charles uh, Stanley in his book entitled Forgiveness. He writes, there we have it. Christ is God's solution for dealing with sin. Only through Christ can we find forgiveness. But once it has been found, it is a settled issue. Past sin, present sin, and future sin. The details of what we have done, why we did it, and how many times we did it are irrelevant. Sin is sin. Lost is lost. Paid is paid. Forgiven is forgiven. Let go. In his novel, The Brothers Karamazov, Dostoevsky's father Zosima tells a burdened, fearful widow who has done a terrible thing. There is no sin, and there can be no sin on all the earth which the Lord will not forgive to the truly repentant. Man cannot commit a sin so great as to exhaust the infinite love of God. Can there be a sin which would exceed the love of God Think only of repentance, continual repentance, but dismiss fear altogether. Believe that God loves you as you cannot conceive, that he loves you with your sin, in your sin. It has been said of old that over one repentant sinner, there is more joy in heaven than over 10 righteous men. Go and fear not, child. It's true. Christians do continue to sin, even though we're children of God through faith in Christ. We're, we're saints and sinners, as Martin Luther has pointed out. At the same time, we disappoint God and we disappoint ourselves with our tendencies to sin against him with our thoughts and the, some words and actions and inactions. We're disobedient. And this can lead to a sore and troubled conscience for the Christian. And you know what the best thing is that we can do? The Bible's really clear about this one. It says, if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just to forgive our sins uh, will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And why will God do that? Because of the Lamb of God that he gave who takes away the sin of the world, my sin. Children of God, trust in that and rest in it. I like this encouraging image from Cory Ten Boom. When God forgives, he forgets. He buries our sins in the sea and puts a sign on the shore saying, No fishing allowed. We can gladly sing the words of John Newton, the former slave ship captain who, after meeting the Lamb of God, was converted to the Christian faith and became a pastor, an abolitionist, and a great hymn writer. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Dear friends, what an amazing gift God has given us. The Lamb of God, who who has taken our sin upon himself and through his suffering to death made the sacrifice so that we may be forgiven and rescued to live with him eternally. Thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift, the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Now to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Amen.